When we speak of vision, we're not only talking about what we see with our eyes. There is an internal vision. Also, God has given us that ability. When God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, he gave us ability to see things that are not. That don't exist yet, but yet that exists here. Yesterday, I started by saying this to you, and I I finished because the service went, it was such a move of God last week, I didn't even have to preach. Because God spoke throughout the entire service. And by the way, that skit that you were going to do, young folk, way back uh, two, three weeks ago, I want you to, to do that, uh, that skit Easter. Two weeks, okay? Powerful skit. And let me tell you, we're going to have an awesome time next week, and we're going to have an awesome time the following week. Because there's a prophet coming here next week, and he's going to be speaking into the lives of people. You need to be in that anointing. Because one word from the prophetic mantle of God can change your life. One word can just shift you into, into your purpose. So I was saying how God gave us the ability to see two ways. Do you know that blind people see? They can see. I was amazed the other day. I, I saw a person, uh, obviously he couldn't see, he had a stick, went up to the street, he had a dog, and the light was red. And I was on the other side and I was saying, oh, this is dangerous because a lot of cars are coming, nobody's there to help them. And he stopped. And I'm looking, I'm saying, okay, interesting. And when the light turned green, he walked across the street. I said, wow, that is amazing. It's amazing that truly we have more than this sight. We have other types of sight. And I I spoke last week how when you see something with your eyes, you're not actually seeing with your eyes. What you actually see is a refraction of light that these particular organs take in. And there's over 125 million neurons in our eyes, they call them cones, that accept the light, the different gradients of light, and they pass it through chemically, electrically, into our brain. Then our brain takes the chemical, electrical process, interprets it into what it believes is what these things just saw. So in actuality, you don't see. What you get is an interpretation in your brain, a chemical, electrical interpretation of different types of light, all at the same time coming in through our cones, coming in through our neurons. Each one of these neurons can remember this experience. And it goes into your brain, and then your brain interprets the electrical chemical response, and then it creates a picture inside the brain. You know what's exciting about that? It's because once your brain receives that, it believes it. Say to your neighbor, you believe what you see. Anybody ever said that before? I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Right? It's true. Even Thomas one time, when they say, Jesus is alive again, he says, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Then suddenly Jesus shows up and Jesus goes, please, Thomas, don't be a doubter. Be a believer. Look at my hands. See the cuts in my hands? See the cut on my side? He said, oh, my Lord and my master. He said, you were blessed because you saw Or rather, you believe because you saw, but blessed are those that haven't seen yet believe. Interesting. Interesting. Now, let me tell you, let me go deeper. And this is what I shared, and then I'll I'll, I'll try to, as quickly as possible, share this point. When you see something in your mind's eye, something that excites you, let's say you want a future um, degree, you want to become a doctor, you want to become a lawyer, you want to become maybe a nurse, a technician, maybe you want to uh, build a house, whatever you say, but you see it passionately inside of you. 
I remember one gentleman said, I took my friends to my house. I took them to the hill. There was no home there. And I walked them through the hill. He says, look, my mantle, my fireplace. The guys are looking around. There's only a hill there. There's no property there. See, here's my mantle. And they're going, wow, what a beautiful mantle. <laughs> yeah, don't you see the brick? And don't you see this? He explained to them the house, every minute detail, the color schemes, the patterns. Walked them into the kitchen. All they saw was grass. All they saw was a hillside. But he's talking to him about a window. He's talking to him about the bedroom. Let's go upstairs. And he went like that. <laughs> Here's the second floor. And this is the way it's going to look like. And they were blown away. By the end of the, the tour, they had a very clear picture of what the house was going to look like. But it's interesting because he was not speaking about a house that he was going to build. He was talking about a house that he already owned, that he already had, that he already lived in. But here's what most people don't understand. The clearer you see it in your mind's eye, the same exact process happens. What happens is your brain receives a chemical, electrical impulse into it, and it takes that picture and it believes it. And then here's the next step. The next step is when you see something with your eye, your brain uh, brings together a group of neurons. Each neuron remembers a bit of, of it. It takes the smell. It takes the colors, the handshakes, the emotions. And it brings together a cluster of organized neurons that remembers that memory. How many of you remember what you did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Do you remember something funny in your life? Like what? Something five years ago, ten years ago, some, something funny. Something exciting. Come on, guys, please, you're scaring me here. Nothing exciting in your life? <laughs> Boring folk. Huh? Anything at all? Huh? A calling of God? I believe you. I, I'm very off guard. Come on, something exciting. Maybe a birth of a child? Yes. Okay, there you go. All right. Birth of your nephew. This is something we'll never forget. I remember, you see that, that young lady worshiping the Lord? I remember when she was born. But it happened, what, 26, almost 27 years ago. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I remember when the baby first came out. I remember holding her in her hand. And it's, this is so weird. <laughs> That's my daughter. Stranger, but my daughter. Then years later, I see her running around all over the place. I remember these things like if they were today. Your brain takes the memory, takes the color, the emotions and everything, clusters it in, and then keeps it permanently. But here's the beautiful part about it. Whatever you see in your heart, you want a breakthrough in your life. You want something special to happen to you. Uh, you want to study. If you can envision it enough... Your brain does the exact same thing. It accepts it, it creates neurons, it creates a cluster, and it makes a permanent memory. And you need to do that because you need to take a picture of yourself. Let's say, for example, 10 pounds lighter. And you need to go, oh man, I look good. Wow. Oh, look at that. Hey, size 31. All right, for the guys. All right, size 6 oh, for the ladies. All right. Oh, I look good. The stronger the image, your brain accepts it as reality. And now here's what happens. Now you get motivated to do the very thing. If you don't have a vision in here first, you won't do it. Yeah, I got to go on a diet. But if you don't have the vision in here, if it doesn't have a permanent marker in your brain, you won't be able to endure the chocolate cake. 
God gave us the ability to see it before we see it. To see it before we see it. And the greatest of all visions is a godly vision. Matthew chapter 9. You have it? Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Let's go there a moment. I'm reading today from the Amplified Version, so mine might say a little more than what yours says. Verse 35. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, and curing all kinds of disease and every weakness and infirmity. When he saw, say with me, when he saw. See, when he saw, when he saw, when he saw, when he saw the throngs or the multitudes, he was moved with pity and sympathy and compassion for them. Because they were bewildered, they were harassed and distressed and dejected and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw something and it moved him. So point number one I want to share is that vision will cause you to move and do something. Jesus was moved to compassion. He was moved to pity when he saw people that needed help. When he saw people like sheep who had no shepherd. So here's the thing. Vision draws out from you who you are. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. He stood up in the sanctuary... In the synagogue, he took the, uh, the role of Isaiah, and it was only the teachers that were allowed to stand up and share in the temple in that day, in the Jewish temple. He stood up and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to speak sight to the blind. And then he sat down. Today, this verse is fulfilled in your hearing, he said. Then he sits down, and all the people looked at him, he says, Who does he think he is? That's a verse that's only dedicated to the Messiah. So he stood up, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I'm anointed to do this. Say this with me today. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. See, every single one of you are anointed to do something. And the first thing vision will do is it will draw out from you who you are. See, you're running around and doing all sort of stuff, trying to be like Madonna, trying to be like Brittany, trying to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, trying to be like Sylvester Stallone. You have your own anointing. You don't need Sylvester Stallone's anointing. You need your own anointing to come forth in this day. Because if you try to be Sylvester, you're not going to be Sylvester. And I tell you something, yesterday we had a lot of fun. The preacher was Italian yesterday. And at one point he broke into a rocky voice. And he blew me away. I would have closed my eyes. I would have thought I was, that Rocky was there, personally. Yeah, yeah. You're a little bully. You want a job? I'll give you a job, bully. You're weird. This guy was awesome. And then, because he was talking about us being able to change. He says, hey, if you can change, and if I can change, then we all can change. But, you know, I mean, I was blown away by, by how good this guy did that. But I'm not Sylvester Stallone. I am Victor Nazario. You are your own person. You are anointed. And when you catch God's vision, it'll move you to compassion. You say, what am I doing sitting in the church doing nothing? What, what, is that? what am I, crazy? I've got to get involved. I've got to do something. 
And that's going to draw something out of you, something that already was in there. And to the delay, today the Lord is saying to us, my, child, my, my son, my daughter, I am speaking into your very womb. I'm speaking into the womb of who you are, and I'm drawing you out in this day. That's why you're feeling the pressure. That's why you're feeling the need to get, get involved and get activated. It's because I'm drawing out deep. Call it unto deep. Amen. In Joel 2.28, it says afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. See, so you need to know today that vision belongs to all people. God is not only interested in you, he loved you, and before you were ever born, he foreordained you, and he blessed you with a ministry. He blessed you with an ability, and that ability always is connected with helping other people. And it says here, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. So I'm expecting visions to arise. I'm expecting God to speak to you in the, to you in the nighttime. I'm expecting God to speak to you while you're working. I'm expecting God to move all over you. And people are going to say to you in your job, what's the matter with you? Nothing, nothing. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just having a God moment. God's just speaking to me this moment. And I'm having a hard time processing it because I have compassion in my heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Vision draws your anointing out onto the scene. And today God is drawing our anointing because the world needs it. I mean, the world's confused. The world is harassed and vexed and tormented. There are more people confused and scared out there than we ever seen in a very long time. Some of us in the first time of our lifetimes, we're seeing this level of confusion and fear and panic. I want to let you know that even in times of recession, God is moving. I want to let you know that signs and wonders sometimes happen more during difficult times than during comfortable times. Because when people are comfortable, they stop seeking God. When people have the refrigerator full, uh, full, they stop seeking God. They stop going to church. And they say, ah, you know, it's all right. I love God, but you don't have no time for this. I'm busy. I'm doing this and doing that. But when trouble arises, suddenly they remember, you know, I need help from God. So let me get back to church and let me start seeking God again because I need His help. And all you need to do is go out into your community and you see a lot of people crying out to God, Help! I'm in trouble with my mortgage. Help! I'm losing my son and my daughter. Help! My marriage is in trouble. Help! I'm confused and I'm depressed. Help! I'm ready to commit suicide. Help! These drugs have got the better of me. Help! I can't take this alcoholism anymore. Help! And guess what? God is hurt and He's sending you. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Let's do this right. Let's do this right. We're going to do it. Let's do it right. One, two, three. Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's a guy thing, ladies. It's a guy thing. <laughs> Amen. Now you can see one of the things we do when the guys are together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Seeing and being connected to God's vision creates a more desirable future. And when you see that more de- desirable future... It becomes a permanent mark in your brain. Neurons come together and they become permanent and they become a permanent part of your brain. So when you tell somebody, you don't understand, God is going to bless me. I see this more desirable future because I'm connected with God. He's going to help me in my future. They go, I don't see anything. They can't because this is still inside of you. But it's still just as real as if it is out there. My visions inside that God has given me has created neurons and it's a solid ball of, of understanding what God's going to do in the future. 
I visited the future. I created a permanent memory of this more desirable future. Went back to my uh, my present. I'm saying, oh man, I love this thing. Now I can't fool around anymore because I have to make that happen. So now I change my habits. If I have to go back to school, I go back to school. If I have to lose this, uh, this past habit, I'm going to lose this past habit. I have no longer any time to play games because i got to make that happen. Because when I'm over here and, and I become who I'm supposed to be, now other people are going to be blessed because I'm blessed. Things are going to change. Uh, God called me to open up a business. And guess what? Now 30 people are employed because I decided to become a godly owner of a business. And I'm going to help people in the business. Not just feed them well. Not just sell good widgets. But meanwhile, every person I deal with, I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with. So I need to become successful. I need to be the best I'm supposed to be. Because other, other people are going to receive their blessing when I receive mine. It's not that I'm being selfish. It's not that I think I'm all this and that. I just know that there's an anointing upon me that's bigger than me. I know that there's an anointing upon me, not for me, but for them. So I need to visit this place as much as I can. I need to be successful. I need to stop playing patty cake with my life. And I need to start making the difference. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No time, no, no time to play games. No time to play games. I gotta start this thing. I gotta do it today. I don't know how long I have, so I might as well start now and make a difference. Hallelujah. Yes, while other people are wasting that time playing games, watching TV, watching other people being successful. You know, the, la novela feels good for a moment, but what I hate about la novela is that it keeps on going and going and going and going. And after one affair comes the other affair. And then there's always a twist and a turn. So I could get lost in that. I'm never doing my life because I'm doing their life. But it's time that I disengage from other people's vision. And it's time I get connected to God's vision. Because when I get connected with God's vision, that's when things are really going to start happening. Because it's going to draw out who I am really supposed to be. Who I am really called to be. Come on, somebody. Shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I've got no time to play. This is not a time to relax. This is a time to get engaged with God. This is a time to move with God. Hallelujah. And in closing, Deuteronomy 1.21, God said, look, look, see, look. He has placed it in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. In one particular chapter, he says four times to his people, don't be afraid. And then the original Hebrew says, already having become afraid, stop right there. Stop in your tracks. Don't worry anymore. I'm in control, the Lord says. You get connected with me. If you lost something this way, I'm going to make sure it comes back the other way. What the enemy took from you one way, he's going to have to return it back to you seven ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because this is a time the Lord says that He's breathing upon the church afresh. He is breathing new ideas. He is breathing new creativity. He is breathing new opportunities. If you failed in a yesteryear, God says, I don't remember it any longer. I have something new for you. Hallelujah. If your family gave up on you, God says, I haven't given up on you. Amen. 
If your friend said, ah, you're nothing, God says you are something. If the devil says your life is overtaken, God says, no, it's just getting started. Hallelujah! Amen. 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 And the greatest thing we can realize, greatest thing we can realize is that the devil's a liar. And his job description is revealed in John 10.10. 10. It said, the thief comes not but to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. He has an abundant life for you. The devil has been lying to you. But God wants to let you know he loves you. He has a beautiful future for you. A more desirable future for you. You need to embrace it today. You need to stop listening to the devil. You need to stop listening to people that have no dreams, no hopes, no desires. There's some people that will look at you and say, Ah, you're nothing. Don't listen to them. You say, just say to them, Watch me prosper. Just watch me prosper. Hallelujah. Some of your friends aren't friends at all. Some of your friends are worse than your enemy. Because every time you try to do something good, they want to bring you down. But I want to let you know that God is a friend that will bring you up and up and higher and higher and higher each and every day. Glory to God. Amen. Come on, praise Him. Let's all stand. Come on, come on. Give Him a shout. Give Him a shout. Give him a shout. Come on, come on. This is a shout of deliverance. This is a shout that's coming from your very soul. Oh my God, I've been waiting for this. Oh God, I've been waiting for this time when you're going to set me free. When you're going to take these limits off of me. This is a time when you're hearing once again. And the Spirit of the Lord is speaking into that deep place. Reminding you that He loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, say this with me. Say this verse. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what he said. I can do it. So you have to replace I can't with I can and I will. Huh? We buried I can't a long time ago. That's right. We had actually a service here. We brought a casket and we wrote I can't and we buried it. <laughs> we did that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Father, as, as a pastor in this congregation, I just speak over each life this moment. And dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you open up the eyes of their understanding today, Lord. Let them see how you see them. Holy Spirit, anoint the eyes right now. Anoint each and every internal eye. Father, I pray that you activate their internal vision, that they may see your love for them. That they may see that you love their future, that you love their destiny, that you, Lord, even knew them before they were ever born. And although the enemy came to destroy the enemy came to confuse. The enemy came to take away. But today, you expose to them that he's a defeated foe. That Jesus on the cross of Calvary already rendered the enemy powerless. 
All he has now are lies. And we don't have to receive those lies anymore. According to the word of God, the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and the fact that Jesus once again came from the dead, he now has the keys of death and hell in his hands. He now has the keys of our destiny. And this high priest, when he came up from the dead again, he said, I forgive. I forgive all of humanity. All they need to do is just trust in me. That's all. Trust in his sacrifice. He paid the price. He paid your price. He paid my price. Your price. Your price. Your price. Your price. My price. Your price. And he paid my price. So now when we stand before God, we're clean. We're forgiven because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So Father, I pray that you infuse your people today once again with your joy, with your peace, with your grace and your favor. And Lord, help them to re-envision. Breathe upon them afresh. Breathe upon them once again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Come on, give them a praise. Hallelujah.